the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. We're uh, here, here in our studios at High Top 7 Parkway Center in Green Tree Hill. And uh, our studios, Kathy and I, uh, our offices, uh, somebody sent me some chocolate, a box of nice chocolate for a Christmas present. Very kind. So right before the show started, I've been I've been sharing it with Christy, but then lately she's gone. I no I'm no longer am I going to eat chocolate. But I thought, well, I'm going to have a chocolate. Sure. I went into my chocolate box. Mm-hmm. It was a puddle. It's so hot in my office that yeah, my chocolate is melted. And here, it's like 12 degrees outside or something. I'm not sure why we end up having. We end up talking about the atmosphere, the the here. like temperature. Well, in your our work stu- environment. Yeah, and it, because ours here is so nutty. How's your uh, How's your environment at home? Are you? Uh, I'm in charge of the of that of the of the thermostat. <laughs> oh yeah. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Which I yeah, believe that's I, I one of be. the tasks between my husband and I that has gone un- oh, assigned. Unassigned. Mm-hmm. Really? I think so. Because uh, you know I'm very careful about it. Are you? Well, yeah, because there's a nighttime setting and a daytime setting. Is there? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Well, I might regret asking the question. No, but. no, it's it's very simple. It's really simple. The house really is a very fine house. It holds its temperature very well, so I don't have to really crank that little thermostat up hardly at all during the day. If it's very cold, like today, I mean, but even today, like during the day, generally the temperature is set at sixty-eight. Okay, more than enough. Yeah. In the evening, it's a little warm. It's not warm. It's hot upstairs, even at sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. So I crank it down to just sixty-seven. Oh, just just one degree. One different. degree, and it's fine. But there is a difference between the one or the other. Yeah. Whenever I do that, I always think about global warming. What that you're contributing to it? No, and I always think about oh, you know, oh, one, one degree, degree isn't makes that a big right. of a deal, but it actually does. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, so you don't have those uh, thermostat. Uh, I do have a thermostat, but it's not like he or I is in charge of it. Mm. I mean, our, uh, our our back room, which sits unfortunately above the uh, oh, garage, that's just bad. It's just really, really cold. So that's set to seventy. Okay. Um, and that, but that's not what it is in the room. Of course, Do you know not. what I mean. Right. It's just it's, below the above, yeah. above the garage. It's yeah, got to yeah, be yeah. super cold. It's not good. Burr. So hopefully, this time next year, when we have some you know refurbishing done, yes. we're not going to have that problem. Right. Or it's going to be a nice toasty room. We're going to mm-hmm. yeah. So you gonna get a fireplace? Yeah, fireplace is going in that room. A real, a real fireplace. Like one a of real the, fireplace. Well, one of the one of those ones that has an insert. You know that'll heat the room because what? of what I'm talking about. Wood or pellets? It's or gas. gas. It's gas. Well, Lonnie, duh, you're stepping yeah. up. Well, listen, Next thing you know you're going to get air been conditioning. Freezing in there. We've been freezing in there. So finally, we're like, this, you know, yeah, this yeah. has to stop. So Crazy. I think with this unit I've purchased hmm. from my friends at Hearth and Home yeah. in Zelenopol, PA, I don't think we're going to have to run the furnace in there. Really? Yeah. It should, the fireplace will be enough. It should. It should heat the room. It makes me anxious. To have a gas fireplace. Does it? Just because of the gas element? Yeah, because I feel like... you have a gas stove? 
Well, I know, but then like if you're sitting there for like hours yeah. with a gas fireplace on, yeah. I feel like I'm wasting gas. I don't know what that means. You have a lot of internal issues. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm just human. Okay. I mm-hmm. just think that's how the world is. Okay. But don't uh, you worry about that? Like, you know, no. oh, the gas has been on for hours. No. No, because I could, I just compare it to, well, we could be putting wood in the fireplace all this time. Or pellets. Right. I just worry about stuff like that. Yeah. But so, so pellets are okay with you, but the gas isn't. Yeah. That's kind of strange, though, because I feel the same way about my grill. I like having a pellet grill outside, and I'm not, I don't want propane out there. <laughs> well, that's just a short throw. I mean, how long is your grill on for? Not long. Well, it depends on what you're cooking. It could be on for hours. What, if you're smoking like something, oh, it would be that? on for three or four hours or you seven hours. Yeah. But I have a smoker. That's what I'm saying. I have a smoker. Well, you got a smoker. Now you got a fireplace. Air conditioning cannot be far behind. You're like stepping up into a whole other zip code. No, it's not true. You're leaving me behind. Here, <laughs> am, I, am I leaving you? you uh, I just want you to know you can come over and sit in front of the fireplace. Okay, well. The shit. concern, we'll see how that apparently works. with the fireplace, is that it might make the room too hot. Mm-hmm. I said I'd like to try. Wouldn't that be nice? Right. Because and then your chocolate will exactly. melt. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I'll say. Okay, uh, anyway, uh, enough of the uh, tomfoolery. Uh, you always give us the news stories of the day. Kath, without further ado, please give us the top four at four. It's Tuesday, people. Mm. January 11th, 2022. Number one. The nation's blood supply is dangerously low, prompting the Red Cross to announce a national blood crisis for the very first time. First time ever. How about that? Reading here from CBS News. Uh, the pandemic has caused a decline in donor turnout, the cancellation of blood drives, and staffing challenges, leading to the worst blood shortage in more than a decade, a 34% decline in new donors. Hospitals need blood for surgeries, transplants, cancer treatments, and chronic illnesses. But the Red Cross says that during this historic shortage, there are days it cannot give hospitals all of the blood products they request. The shortage means doctors are being forced to make tough decisions about who should get blood and who needs to wait until there's more supply. Hmm. I need to get out there and give blood. To not the blood bank, to, which is now called Vitalant. Right. Why'd they change their name? It doesn't make I any sense. I don't think that helped. But yeah, that is good. You're going to give blood. Yeah. Vitalant. We should go together, the three of us. Speak for yourself. Okay. Number two. A third Chinese city has locked down its residents because of a COVID-19 outbreak, raising the number confined to their homes in China to about 20 million. According to ABC News, the lockdown of Anyang, home to five and a half million people, was announced after only two cases of the Omicron variant was reported. Mm. Residents are not allowed to go out and stores have been ordered shut except those selling necessities. Now, another 13 million, we talked about this last week, have been locked down in Xi'an for nearly three weeks and a million more in Yuzhou for more than a week. The lockdowns are the broadest since the shutting down of Wuhan and most of the Hubei province in early 2020 at the start of the pandemic. Um, don't forget, the Olympics are coming. Oh, yeah. Right. February 4th is when they start. And, of course, the Olympics mixed with the emergence of Omicron is what... China says has caused them to have to make these drastic measures so it doesn't spread to other parts of China. Good luck with that. Number three. Speaking of COVID, the University of Pittsburgh has disenrolled students who have not complied with the school's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Really? Disenrolled? Uh Uh-huh. The semester's over, Uh even before it began. 
According to today's Trib, Pitt announced back on December 6th that it was putting a requirement in place for all students, faculty, and staff to be fully fully vaccinated by January 1. Students who did not comply or have an approved exemption on file were told they would not be allowed to enroll in spring 2022 term classes, Mm -hmm. which began Monday. And they're also not allowed to live in residence halls. Mm -hmm. Number four. It looks like it's fine. (coughs) I got excited and started to cough, you Uh guys. Here it comes. Looks like it's finally happening because Malkin's going to play tonight. Oh, I think. fabulous. I think. Are they at home? It looks like, no. He could make a season debut tonight when the Pens face the Ducks. Um, Mike Sullivan said it'll be a game-time decision, so we'll have to see. And the game's not on until probably 10.30 tonight. Oh. Anyway, Malkin hasn't played since undergoing right knee surgery in June, but he has been skating with teammates for several weeks, cleared to take contact recently. He was a full participant in practice on Monday, and he worked with the top power play unit and centered the second line with Carter and Kapanen. He had surgery back in June and is in the final season of an eight-year, $76 million contract, in case you're keeping track. And that is your top four at four. Very nice. The second line he's yeah. coming into. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a bonus for you today. Oh, mm-hmm. this is Isn't 4A. it good to have a bonus? Always. Yeah, um, so Mike Tomlin reported today in his weekly news conference that uh, he missed the nail-biter Sunday night between the Chargers and the Raiders. Why? Because he fell asleep. Well, we were all stressed out. Imagine how stressed out he he was. was. He said, said, well, I knew I'd have to work the next day. He said, well, I was hoping I'd have to work the next Mm day. He missed it. He missed all the drama. All of it. And you know how I like to keep a running list of my favorite Tomlinisms? Yeah. You know? Um, so I have a new one that I want to share today. From today? No, it was from Sunday. This oh, was I did after, hear this. Did you hear this? Yeah. We went His voice it changed. It's so good. Mm-hmm. This is from Sunday when he was asked about what makes Ben great. He's the same when everybody else gets funny. You know what I mean? Um, everybody else gets a little tight. He's the same guy. <laughs> okay. Everybody else gets a little tight. I like it so much. <laughs> I like it. I want to play it again throughout the show, so please keep it close to you, Christy. Gets a little tight. All right, that's the top four at four. We'll take a quick and break. A bonus. We do come back. Yes, right. We do come back. Uh, hey, Bill Blaze is hey, with we're, us. We're back on YouTube. For those of you who've been looking for the stream, we had some technical difficulties. We are back. The ride home streaming live on YouTube at The Word Pittsburgh. I'm wearing Steeler gear every day up until Sunday because that's what you do. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. If I could try to explain to you what it means to abide in Christ, if I could say here is the secret to your spiritual life in one word, I could not come up with a word that would be more central to the Christian experience than the word obedience. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, 10 Steps to Spiritual Renewal, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. This tax filing season could be one for the record books. There are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits on the table, and Jackson Hewitt will help make sure you get every one you deserve. Tax credits for being a parent, taking care of a parent, taking classes, and so much more. Don't leave thousands on the table. Jackson Hewitt will make sure you get credit for all you do and get your biggest refund guaranteed. Learn more and find your nearest location at jacksonhewitt.com. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. 
Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Spring House in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Spring House in 84. You know what you could do? You could add onto your house an extra room and fill it with white fluffy sand that feels like the beach. Pump in seagull sounds. Paint waves on the walls. And cute little sand crabs. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a beach room could be very cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Angels. It's, I don't know. As a believer, it's still hard to believe that, you know, angels in some ways are controversial. But but they are, aren't they? Well, I feel like, I don't know if they're controversial, but people, well, we know that the artistic images of the angels the cherubs. Are, yeah, are not exactly, you know, what how the Bible describes. Right. So the, Raphael's the one, I think, who, you know, little super cute babies with the weird puffy. wings and yeah. kind of fat. Kind of naked running around. And kind of helpless. Kind of, yeah. And not really fearful at all. No. Kind of sweet. Right. It's like someone's little puppy. It does right? make it hard to believe that anyone who, you know, the, the stories of like, you know, when Joseph saw had the dream, he was, Mary was afraid. You think, why would you be afraid of a little tiny round right. baby? It's so cute. I mean, what the heck? Yeah. Pastor Bill Glaze is with us. Bill joins us on a regular basis from Bethany Baptist Church in the Homewood neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Hey, Pastor. Happy New Year to you. Uh, Happy New Year to you guys also. And uh, as as we get started, I I just wanted to say, you know, I caught your earlier conversation about uh, grilling. And I just want to say that I I have an apron, and it says that uh, real men use charcoal. So Uh I just wanted to make you aware. Okay, so now you're going into a whole other thing. Charcoal. Bringing it up. Notching it up, Bill. Because the charcoal. No, that's good. You know, it gives the flavor. Yeah. But it's work going in and coming out. Nothing comes easy. Oh, it sure is. But it's it's worth the work. So, Bill, in your house, no propane, nothing like that. Nope, uh, straight charcoal. Straight I've been charcoal. I've been a charcoal man from the time that I got married, and uh, haven't changed in all that Bill, time. So, yeah. the things we learn about Bill—that's a lot of briquettes under the bridge, there, aren't there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I, you know, it's 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 like a uh, experience. So whenever I do it, I make it like an experience. I put my radio out there, listen, got good music, nice. got something nice and cool to drink, mm. uh, got some shade. And I tell you what, it's just a, 
It's, it's almost like a spiritual experience for me to get on, the, on, on that grill with the, the charcoal. The briquettes draw you closer to the Lord. I like that. Are you doing, That's right. Are you doing that in the winter also, Bill? No, you know what? No, I don't do it in the wintertime. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, strictly a spring, summer, and partly fall. Sure. No, look, we did it last week. We grilled. Uh, we, my wife did. Mm-hmm. She's out there on the grill, and it's, it was snowing out there. Okay. That's a good right. moment. Yeah, just, sure just, is. Just saying that, Bill. John's like the Canadian pastor who watched his wife snow blow the driveway. Yeah, and the neighbors are giving me a look. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you out there grilling? Like, it's the only thing I cook all year long with the exception of popcorn, and I'm supposed to have it together. All right, back to angels for so. crying out loud, both of you guys. All right, so so angels like the little fat babies who don't look like they can help a whole lot or so really do anything of significance. So cute. Uh, contrast that to what the Bible tells us angels really are. Well, you know, and, and definitely there's a, a lot of misconceptions about angels. And I think even, the, uh, Kathy, the image that you just now uh, portrayed, you know, comes out of the mid-centuries where, you know, there was all these, you know, renditions of angels. But if you, if you really go back and, and look at angels and, and think about, you know, the first time we see angels mentioned in the Bible, that they are placed uh, in front of the Garden of Eden uh, to, to guard the entrance so that Adam and Eve could not go back in. And so, you know, I don't believe that, you know, these were little uh, chubby cherubs with with wings and, you know, uh, halos around their head. I, you know, I, I think and even as we read on in the Bible, you know, uh, it talks about in Ezekiel uh, that when angels come on the scene, that they're, they're they make a sound like a, a roaring waters. I mean, that's how uh, their wings are. You know, they just, they just show up on the scene and it's almost like a roar. Uh, and, and so I believe that those angels that, uh, even as we first see them, uh, in the scripture, you know, I believe that these were, uh, angels of fierce countenance, uh, that, that were doing God's will to protect, uh, the entrance of the Garden of Eden. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree that, you know, we, we don't see angels in scriptures anywhere portrayed as these cute cherubs that fly around on clouds and shoot people with, with Valentine angels, you know, the arrows, you know, uh, that's that's definitely a, a misconception yeah. of uh, what angels, how angels are presented in the Bible. So, you know, even and you guys mentioned that when the angel uh, showed up uh, to to let Joseph know that Mary was uh, with child, that you know Joseph was afraid. So I, I, again, I'm sure if, if it was some you know innocent uh, little being. That you know, Joseph may have taken it all in stride, but you know, this angel shows up and he he's afraid. And and you know, I I, I and I tell people all the time, you know, uh, it had to be an angel that told Joseph that Mary was with child because uh, you know, if you think about it, I don't think that Joseph was buying it for Mary. So uh, <laughs> so it, it had to be an angel that showed up and uh, and convinced him. So you know, the angel first took him by surprise, probably shocked him, got his attention. And then told him what was happening. Do you have any experience, or do you know anyone who's had an experience with angels, um, Bill? Anything that any you know uh, stories that you've heard about it? Oh, I, I've heard many stories about people who have had interaction with angels. I think you know. For me, though, I, I think we have to be careful sometimes because uh, you know I think uh, sometimes people may be just having a dream mm-hmm. and, and, and then, you know, an angel that, you know, shows up in their dream. But I, you know, I do believe uh, situations where, you know, physically that angel showed up and, and touched people's bodies, uh, you know, that, you know, they were dealing with different aches and pains in their body and, and the angel showed up and, and just kind of, uh, they, they sensed the presence in the room 
and and ended up you know uh, touching their body and and they experienced the healing uh and that's you know from somebody that you know i i, I you know again I, i'm very skeptical when i hear angel stories uh but when i hear them from certain people that i know that are, are trying to walk with the lord they're trying to do the lord's will they're, they're trying to live by the scripture uh you know I, I have a tendency you know to take what they say a little serious than you know, uh, some people that just, you know, again, want to make the angel the object of every experience. Right. So, Bill, you know, I grew up in a household where, you know, every Christmas we sold, like, uh, Christmas seal stamps. And if you sold, you know, a, you know, a couple of books, you got, like, a little angel plaque. And, you know, that's a real common thing with a little boy and girl and the angel over them. And, and I just often wonder about that. And people talk about my, oh, my guardian angel. Well, what about that? Right. I mean, you know, are there angels assigned to us, angels among us? Okay, let, let, let me say two things on that. Uh, the first thing that, that I'd like to say is that, uh, and I hear this all the time, is that people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that my mom, you know, went to heaven and she's now an angel mm-hmm. uh, watching over me. And, you know, when you, when you look at the scripture, uh, you see that God created all the angels at one time. You know, he talks about that in Psalm 148. He created all the angels at one time. And there are no more angels that are being created. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jesus said that uh, that when we go to heaven, we'll be like angels in, in the sense that, you know, we won't procreate, that, that you know, there will be no more. So, you know, I, I, I hate to uh, burst people's uh, bubbles. And I, I, I hear that a lot of times when people have lost a loved one, and I guess for them, it's a way to deal with it, to bring them comfort, sure. uh, to let them know that their, their loved one is watching over them now and that has become an angel. So, you know, I, I would say that that's one myth that, you know, I'm constantly debunking. But I try not to do it when a person is going through a grieving period. You know, right, I, right. You, know you don't want to you know, sure. you know, do it then. But, you know, I, I figure that there are later times, you know, when you're teaching Bible study or something like that, that you can correct bad theology. So, you know, no, people do not die. You know, babies do not die, go to heaven and become angels. But I do believe that there are uh, guardian angels, because in the book of Hebrews, it says that God has sent forth his angels as ministering spirits. So, I, you know, I, I do believe that uh, God has uh, placed angels in our lives in, in, in pro- to protect us, to guide us, direct us in ways that we might not even know. You know, I think of uh, the fact that you know, there, there is demonic influence, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, demons are definitely uh, active in our world today. And we see, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, we see mass killings and you know, we see, you know, the, the, the weirdest types of uh, acts being done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think that that's, you know, straight from the pit of hell. And I think that a lot of it is, is because of demonic influence. And, but, you know, the Bible says that uh, a third of the angels fell. And they went with uh, Satan. And so that means that two-thirds are, uh, remain with God. So I would like to think that even as a Christian, you know, if, if we are dealing with demonic influence, that, that uh, the demons are outnumbered two to one. So uh, I, I, true, I truly believe that uh, God has sent, put angels in our lives as ministering spirits. And it, it does say that several times in the Scripture. Now, some people may disagree that we have guardian angels, but, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, there are very clear scriptures that let us know that we do have guardian angels. Bill Glaze is with us, Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood. Um, Bill, so it sounds like from what you're saying, and I think it echoes with our experience too, especially with all the people we've talked to over the years on the show, is that you can, on the uh, on the subject of angels, you can kind of fall off either way. There are people who... Um, 
just denigrate, not, I don't want to say denigrate the idea, but certainly minimize their place. So they say, right. oh, it's not, you know, the angel thing is just something that like, you know, was on a TV show in the 90s. Wait, and Charlie's Angels. I was thinking more like touched right. by him. What about Victoria's Secret Angels? Right. I yeah. mean, that's the, that's yeah. horrible. It, it is, but I'm thinking more about touched by an angel. Okay. You know what I, I mean? So, so people angels. are like, no, you know, I'm just, angels don't really matter. They're not real. And then on the other side, you have people who see an angel like around every corner. Right, right. Well, and, and you know, I, I, definitely you see uh, the extremes. You know, you guys mentioned several movies, uh, Touched by Angel, Angel in the Outfield, mm-hmm. even the movie uh, The Preacher's Wife, you know, there right. was angels in that. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, uh, we have to be careful that we don't take our uh, information about angels from Hollywood, but that we go straight to the Bible and see, you know, what the Bible says. And And, you know, I believe that uh, and angels, because the Bible says uh, that they are angels. You know, you you read in the Old and the New Testament. Angels are mentioned 103 times in the Old Testament, and they're mentioned 93 times in the New Testament. And uh, and and at least and Jesus, you know, speaks of angels. So you know, to me, uh, that that is the ultimate source of credibility. You know, if Jesus talked about it, because you know he is the eternal Son of God. So who would know better than, than him? So, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, we do have to, you know, come to grips with the fact that angels are real because the Bible uh, says that we are real. Now, uh, we have to go a little bit further and make sure that we get our theology straight as far as, you know, angels and who they are. I mean, you look at a lot of these TV programs on today, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I, I, I'll see commercials about, you know, uh, I, I, I'm just mentioning some because I've never watched the shows, but I think of Charmed. And then there's other where you see these beautiful young ladies, right? But they have these, you know, angelic powers where they're able to do things. And, and you know, a lot of young people are looking at that and, and they're taking their theology uh, from that. So that's why I think that, you know, in the church, you know, we have to teach the truth because, you know, definitely there's misconceptions out there. And a lot of young people are getting caught up in them, you know, and even you look at some of these games, uh, Pokemon and, and things of that nature. Now, I know I'm getting ready to get in trouble because oh, I'm touching I'm, tu- I'm touching some people's sacred cows there. Yes. But you know, you, you you look at those type things and and and, and th- that's where a lot of young people are getting their their theology on angels from. And it's it's, it's totally misconception. Uh, but that's 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 what they're believing. That's Bill Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church. Um, Bill, we only have a, a minute or so before you leave us, but I know you and I have differed in the past about the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm just going to leave that for another time, that conversation. However, I do want to say that I feel like it's my personal obligation when the Steelers make the playoffs to wear Steeler gear every single day of the week leading up to that. Uh, do you respect right. my decision? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm a Steeler fan. You know, Kathy. Uh, several years ago, I was I, I did the chapel service for the Pittsburgh Steelers, so uh, you know I got to know a lot of those guys, and I uh, got to know Coach Tomlin, you what? know, real well, and and so you know just you know I, I feel you know being raised in Pittsburgh, grow, growing up here in Pittsburgh, I've always been a Pittsburgh fan, so I you know I have no issue with you at all uh, you. representing during the week. I, I think you're a good patriot for uh the city of pittsburgh thank you bill right, right, right and john has a bad attitude i just want you to know that it's not a bad attitude yeah, bill yeah, my yeah. attitude is that i'm just not going to wear a jersey that's all Ugh, honest to pete uh, okay it's the right. no fun zone here right bill it's what it is it's, not, it's fun okay it's fun. well no way because you know because coach tomlin might say this right everybody else gets a little tight uh, yeah. everybody gets a little tight <laughs> you, hear, you hear him say that this week <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I did hear him. Yeah, gets a little tight. That's my latest. I guess that's me. That's my latest. Yeah, yeah he's a little tight. Anyway, yeah. Bill, thanks for being here today. Always a pleasure. Okay, enjoyed it. Thank you, Bill. Put your Steeler gear on, my friend. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, he's putting it. Yeah, he's, he's wearing, a grown man. No, he's wearing he's a, a grown jersey because he knows what's right. If he's wearing a jersey. He's wearing, probably wearing a say. Dallas jersey. No, he's and not he's wearing a sh- Dallas jersey this week. Let's hope not. Bill Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood. Take a quick break. Come back. The Canadian politician and his wife. That's next. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you were searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. This entertainment answer brought to you by Exergen. Jessica Chastain produced and stars in The 355 and says it was important to make a female-driven film. It was important for me to make a film where we had actresses not just for hire, but to have ownership over their work. And understanding that the position that we were in was not a normal situation to be in. The 355 rated PG-13 in theaters. For my review and more, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender. Licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act License Number 4131083. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Or visit CashCallMortgage.com. This new year, what are your financial goals? Home improvements? Paying off bills? That dream vacation? Put Cash Call Mortgage on top of your New Year's to-do list while mortgage interest rates are low. Because along with the new year is the talk of rising interest rates. A cash call mortgage refi could help make 2022 a whole lot happier. You could reduce your current interest rate and start saving money with a lower monthly payment. And with a cash out refi, you may even make it a win-win with the cash you need now and a lower rate and monthly payment. Make sure your new year financial dreams come true with Cash Call Mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call now. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy show. Exergen would like you to know about an important new study by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has always known. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure. Be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart TuneIn and Odyssey We'll see partly cloudy skies tonight with rising temperatures, low 19. Temperatures will rise, though, into the upper 20s. Not as cold tomorrow with times of clouds and sun. Tomorrow's high 40. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 30. Cloudy skies on tap for Thursday. Thursday we'll see a high of 38. Colder Friday with sunshine and patchy clouds, high 29. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. 
snowy saga has gripped Canada and ignited heated debate on social media. Uh, so the story is that there's a local politician. His name's uh, John Reyes from Manitoba. And uh, his wife is a healthcare worker. So she did a 12-hour shift at the hospital mm-hmm. and came home. And before she went in the house, she started to shovel the front walk. So John woke up in the middle of it. He heard the scraping sound, the snow being moved. He goes downstairs. He stands at the front door, takes a photograph of his wife, and puts it out on social media and says, hey, this is my wife. She just did a 12-hour shift. That's a heck of a woman. He was like, right. He was loving on his wife. Trying to hold her up and give her a public acknowledgement. Right. But Uh, that's not the way things work in social media. All of a sudden, people chimed in on social media and were crushing the guy. What kind of a man are you? To say that they crushed him. I mean, he was ruined by thousands Thousands and thousands of people. Who said, so she worked a 12-hour shift and you couldn't go out and shovel the walk for her? What's wrong with you? What kind of a man are you? People swearing at him. People, I'm never going to vote. Anyway, so now his wife... She chimes in. Cynthia Reyes says this. Here's my side of the story. She says, quote, as I pulled up to my driveway, I felt energy to shovel the snow that fell all night and into the morning. It was a great workout, a chance for me to unwind and a refreshing outdoor activity after wearing an N95 mask for most of the shift. Most importantly, I enjoyed it. John heard me shoveling. It woke him up, surprised him, impressed to see that I had the energy to do that. He took a pitch, a picture, made breakfast, posted it. The rest is embedded in social media history. She said the tweet probably would not have gone viral if the gender roles were reversed and that in her family, mm-hmm. we share different chores, not based on any gender, but mostly on who's available to do it. So they said, we're not going to do any interviews. I just wanted to put this out there. Everybody stay in your lane. I love that story. Me too. Only because it, well, no, I shouldn't say only because. I love it because it shows how feeble we are when we respond quickly to anything on social media. We decide what's happening like that. And we know the story. So people, some people responded and they said, uh, I apologize. It quote, it's hard to resist when a meme is whipping around Twitter. So that's what I'll take from this. Retweet less when I don't know the facts. Hallelujah. I don't know the facts, so I won't comment on it. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that? (laughs) Would that we would all figure out how the heck to live that way. Because instant judgment, condemnation for everybody. But there was an apology. Yeah. When you were gone on Friday, one of the things I talked about in the show is that it drives me crazy, all the absurd things that are out there on social media. And then when they're proven false, no one goes on and says, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Or I was really wrong about that. But whoever that was did it. So So thank goodness. Thumbs up. Anyway, uh, have you shoveled yet this year? No, Uh, I haven't shoveled because the shovel, I I feel badly. Shoveling's not my task. It's not your chore. It's okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk next with Stephen Mansfield about the great resignation. I wonder if he shovels. I bet he does. We'll find out. 101.5 101.5 WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chappell. He was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world were laid. He was the, the lamb of prophecy, of destiny. And when Jesus then recognized it was time now, his hour had arrived, he, knowing what would happen, put himself forward. 
Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell, weekday afternoons at 1.30 on 101.5 WORD. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Jakobin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no co-payments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, co-pays, and other cost-sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. Cancer. So many lives are touched by cancer. In fact, one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer. At the American Cancer Society, we're on a mission to free the world from cancer. It's a big mission, driven by little things like a ride to treatment, a free place to stay, a 24-7 helpline. But these little things are really the big things. Because to a cancer patient and their family, they're everything. And every day we reach thousands of cancer patients who so desperately need these services. But we need your help to get these critical services to more people and families in need this holiday season. Go to cancer.org and join the fight against cancer. It takes just minutes to donate and help provide essential support to cancer patients and their families. Don't wait. More than one in three people will be diagnosed with cancer. Go to cancer.org right now and make a difference. Go to cancer.org. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Always happy to welcome Stephen Mansfield to the program. Stephen's one of our favorite guests. He's been a longtime friend, and um, he's just... He's done such a terrific job over the years being consistent in his writing and his presentation, and I always appreciate what he has to say. Stephen is a New York Times bestselling author of several books, including Lincoln's Battle with God, The Faith of Barack Obama, Choosing Donald Trump, and Never Give In, The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. Stephen, welcome back. Well, it's great to be with you. Listen, will you travel with me and introduce yes. me everywhere I go? Because <laughs> you're always to, so great. Happy to you're do it, so great Stephen. It. No, Everybody needs a hype man. <laughs> all, I'm do, all I'm doing is saying the real thing. That's really good. Uh, thank you so much. So, Stephen, in your podcast, you, you talked at length about uh, the great resignation. And, you know, this is a, a phenomenon, I think, that's a direct result of the, the pandemic and COVID, where people have, you know, spent time at home. And, and while they were at home, they were like, you know what? Uh, I think I can do better. When we go back, I'm going to shed myself of my old career and uh, hit the reset button and start fresh. You know, it's that's very true. I, maybe the best way for me to express this is to say that I... I once had a near-death experience, and when I emerged from that, 
I said, you know what, there's some stuff I'm not putting up with. There's some things I'm going to try to make better in my life. And I, I just, there's no, no need given that life is short to tolerate, you know, a, a whole lot of mess in my life. This is what people have done as they've emerged from the pandemic. They were sitting at home, they were facing death, they were contemplating their life. And when they emerged to the extent that we have thus far, they said, you know what, I, I don't need to put up with bad bosses. I don't need to put up with low pay. Uh, life's too short. I'm either going to strike out on my own and, uh, and start my own venture, or I'm going to look for better work. And that, that has produced some stunning statistics. We, we, we know that we've had more than 25 million people change jobs in America. And Microsoft did a survey and said that they are estimating about 41% of the workforce will do the same. So wow. it's, we're talking, we're talking massive numbers. That's incredible. I didn't know 41%. That's huge. So people essentially are reinventing themselves, right? They're, like I said, hitting the reset button. That takes a measure of, of thoughtfulness and especially courage to think whatever age I am, I'm going to, you know, be something new. <coughs> Well, it, it does. And this is largely driven by the young, I need to say. Uh, older folks like uh, you and me, John, um, you know, we we probably like to st- stay put, yeah. have the benefits and, and enjoy our work. Um, but the millennials grew up in a world of choice. You know, you know the stats as well as I do, what, 80 different kinds of mustard, uh, you know, all sorts of options, an app for everything. And so they're driving this. They have said, look, life's too short. I'm not going to put up with this. I don't need to be in a bad situation in a toxic work environment. And so they're striking out. The other, the other good part of this is that that's a very entrepreneurial generation. You know, they, they like those. They're the ones who fuel those TV shows about, you know, toxic bosses and about, you know, work and entrepreneurship and what have you. So they're driving this for the most part. It's an exciting time. But uh, you may know that I've also said publicly, I think we're also going to have another movement, which is the Great Reckoning. And that is, I'm all for the idealism. Hey, let's go start our own business. Hey, let's go switch to find something better. But the fact is, the reality is going to smack some folks in the face. Some will land in better jobs. Some will have successful entrepreneurial vision, uh, you know, uh, ventures. But a lot of folks are going to find themselves facing unemployment, even worse jobs, uh, difficulty as the as the market tightens. So uh, there's going to be a great reckoning, mm-hmm. I think, that's going to come ultimately on the, on the heels of this. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and just knowing what it's like to be in a workplace for any extended length of time, uh, one of the things that I, we have to come to grips with is the fact that a lot of the things that we don't want to do, we still should do. Right. There are things that our employers requiring of us or things that our coworkers are requiring of us. And it's something that we're not really comfortable with or not comfortable, but it's just it's it's some kind of structure that we don't necessarily want. But that doesn't make it bad. You know, submitting to that is in has certainly been in my history a path for growth. It's just a path of like becoming more humble, becoming more open to what other people around me have to say and, you know, going forward in that way. So just the whole idea of, well, I don't like this and I don't need to put up with this. That's only going to last you so far. That's absolutely true. And even that is somewhat of a generational thing. I talked to my kids. Uh, they are both young execs in New York in their early 30s. When they tell me, Dad, you can't believe how the boss is. Dad, you can't believe what they're requiring of me at work. You know, my thinking is this is something to grow through, something to improve through, something that's going to make you stronger. They see hardship. And these are not spoiled kids, by the way. These are hard workers. They see hardship as something to avoid 
something to it that uh, means, hey, it's time to make a change. So uh, this is this is part of the issue. And I and I, I warned them, you know, you, you can make a change and, and some change is good. And, and sometimes bad work environments can drive you on to greater things. At the same time, don't be someone who's just perpetually dissatisfied. We have a initials we use in our home, PDS, Perpetual Dissatisfaction Syndrome. Mm-hmm. And the young can sometimes be like that. And my kids can bless them. I love them dearly, but they can sometimes sound like that because their generation has had so many options. So you're exactly right. Sometimes we need to endure the hardship that the workplace imposes on us so that we can become better. Right. And I wonder, though, you know, with the social climate as it is today, and especially, you know, like here in the city, and of course, this is probably true across America, there is a large tech sector here. And so we have friends, Kath and I do, you know, kids who've graduated from college with degrees in computer science or, you know, coding or whatnot. They're going from school in their first job. They're making a hundred K out of the year, you know, for the year, and they're not going into the office. So, you know, that's a really weird way to start your career with a lot of money early on, and there's no boss boss who's breathing down your neck. Well, it's absolutely correct. And they have been, I say this with love, they have been spoiled. You know, my son is married to a German girl who's an executive for BMW. You can, and my son works for WeWorks. He's an executive for WeWorks. You can't believe the benefits they get. Mm-hmm. They just had my second grandchild. They get paternity and maternity leave. You cannot believe benefits, salaries. They're making more than I made until very late in life. And so that's wonderful. I'm glad for them. Sure. But it can create a mentality of there's always something better just on the other mm-hmm. side of this hill. And sometimes there's not. And we're in a boom economy right now. That's not always going to be the case. Um, I'm not trying to be, you know, predict negative negativity, but sure. we, I, I think, I think if the if the millennials could learn a little bit from the greatest generation that went through the Great Depression, hey, hang in, hang on to your job, endure hardship, see even a toxic boss as a chance to grow, and don't assume that there's automatically greater riches just around the corner. You know, there's something to be said for the discipline that makes you better. Exactly. But, you know, at the same time, too, and I appreciate this, that like I talked about earlier, it takes a measure of courage like you with your near-death experience. And both Kath and I, we we reinvented ourselves, you know, at midlife and, you know, strove for something else. you got to admire people who do that, who do reinvent themselves, who do have that measure of courage, who do see something in themselves, and they think, man, I'm going to go for this. And, you know, that's, I think, probably fueling all those months of sitting at home and making the great resignation happen. Well, and, and I have to tell you that younger generation challenges me. My kids have sat in my living room uh, and looked at me when I've said, you know, it's a little difficult right now in this area or that area. And they've said, Dad, make a change. You know, and one of the one of their favorite phrases, and they're just joking, they'll go, you're Stephen Mansfield. Well, that that's not just me because I'm a little bit well known. That's what they say in the mirror. I'm Elizabeth Mansfield. Yeah. I'm Jonathan. You know, in other words, they think of themselves, again, not spoiled and privileged, no. but you know what? Uh, I'm deserving of more. And, and, and there's some of that that's good for us to hear. We've all knuckled under in bad jobs before, and we look back and we regret it. The, the downside of this, and I don't mean to be crass here, but the famous country music song, Take This Job and Shove It, yep. if you have that attitude now, uh, you may be heading for a crash. Right, right. 
Right. And I also think it's important to say that, you know, John mentioned that we reinvented ourselves. Neither one of us, uh, you know, John was an actor for a couple decades and I worked in design for a while. I worked in recruiting in uh, academia. Anyway, we we landed in radio when we were 40 years old Um, and it was a whole new way of looking at the world and looking at. But when I look back at those other jobs and I had some lousy jobs before I got here and I had some crazy bosses. I mean, good night. But I really can honestly say I don't regret that. No, everything fed to something yeah, else. Yeah, I'd like I and I would I would say, well, I didn't deserve that or whatever, but I just feel like in retrospect, I the reason I am who I am is because of that. Yes, there's no question about it. At the same time, I, there's a phrase I like to use, holy dissatisfaction, hmm. where you you have a dissatisfaction that drives you for something more. We change houses, we lose weight, um, we, we, we try to accomplish greater things because there's some kind of hunger on the inside of us. And I'll have to say that the young have are closer to that. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. more of that inside of them. Hunger. And they're good for me because I'm, you know, I, I'm in my late fifties here and I'm not ancient, but Hey, I'm pretty, I'm pretty easily satisfied at this stage, yeah. but my kids are like, no, you need to run for president. No, you need to be queen of England. No, you need to go start this big company. And, and at least they're getting me thinking about accomplishing more. Right. The problem, the thing I'm concerned about though, is we've got an entire generation doing this at the same time. And that's going to be, you know, as they say in Texas, fruit basket turnover. And I'm, I'm not sure everybody's going to land happy with the changes they're making. Right. But, you know, to think that is one thing, to act on it another. And I often think, you know, do I have not a strong second act, but do I have a strong third yeah. act in me? And where does that come from? Well, and I believe in the art of reinvention. I really admire uh, people like Shaquille O'Neal. I really admire John Madden. Uh, I've written about some of these people. Uh, they reinvented themselves, and all and you two have done it. Uh, and I think we, we we may do it again. On average, people of our generation will make six major changes in their work life, mm-hmm. and and often uh, one phase doesn't look like another. It's not like they're just a teacher and they move from school to school. They teach for some years, and then they take those skills and apply them to marketing, and then they take those skills and apply them to writing or broadcast. And I admire that very much because I think that's one of the great arts of this yeah. generation and of business success. Yeah, that's a good encouragement. I appreciate that. That's Dr. Stephen Mansfield. You're not a doctor, are you? Did I make you a doctor? Well, you're happy. I, I am a doctor. Oh, and see, I'm happy great. to be called doctor, but just call me Stephen, though. Okay, I mean, my, my name, Stephen, means crowned one, so I'm happy just okay. to be called that. We've been speaking with the crowned one. You can check out his New York Times bestselling work, The Faith of Barack Obama, Choosing Donald Trump, but Never Give In, The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. Thanks, Stephen. Stephen Mansfield, very much. Thanks much. So, so great to be with you. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever, brought to you by Coles. Today's topic, exercise. You know, the right gear makes all the difference. Sure does, which is why I went to Kohl's and got an Adidas hoodie for my husband and some Under Armour gear for myself. Is shopping your cardio? <laughs> More like my motivation. I also picked up some Nike sneakers for my son. Oh, family workouts. <laughs> That's the goal. Select styles. Coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. I've been teaching my sweet 86-year-old grandma how to use her Alexa. The other day, I'm overhanging out, and I see Grandma about four inches from Alexa yelling, Hey, Alexa, I'm making cookies. 
Tell me when it's 10 minutes. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and the reality is the mortgage world has changed from old school to new school as well. In the old days, you usually use somebody local, but today, you don't have to be local to be local. You don't have to set up an appointment to see me. You'll have my cell, and you can text or call me anytime. The Stone Age paperwork of old is now, usually just some easy clicks. And if you're refinancing, in most cases, we'll just send a notary to your home for your closing. The level of attention that we bring will make us feel very local for you. We are United, United Faith Mortgage. And one other advantage? Read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towel. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com promo code is WORD. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Earlier in today's show... And if you missed any of it, you can always contact our podcast at wordfm.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also live right now on the air. You can watch the show at The Word Pittsburgh on YouTube, YouTube Live. Um, see that I'm dressed correctly for the week before the Steelers were in the playoffs. John dressed incorrectly. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so New York Post has a story that made me laugh today. It's a fine, um, it's a fine publication. <laughs> it is a fine publication. You never know what you're going to read there. But <laughs> earlier in today's show, we talked about how when you see something online, mm-hmm. especially in social media, and if you're on Twitter, it happens chronically, is that you jump to a conclusion that you know what the whole thing's about, and then everyone oh, just piles on and piles on covered, and piles sure. on. Anyway, so there's a TikTok user by the name of Taji Rose, and she posted a video of herself with her seven-month-old baby, whose name is, wait for it, Oak, declaring that she planned to raise her daughter vegan, okay? Well, when she announced that she was raising this fat seven-month-old baby vegan, people came out of the woodwork. People are saying things like, babies need meat in their diets. This is not about what's best for the baby. This is about you and your political perspective and you're pushing that on your kid and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, this has turned into 
a gigantic story oh, no. about whether being vegan is an okay thing if you're a nursing mom, um, if being a vegan is okay if you're a, 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 a one-and-a-half-year-old who's you know being weaned. Is it okay if you don't have meat? Anyway, it's just gone on and on. All I can tell you without going into the actual like science about what's good and bad for developing babies, yeah. people are such jerks. Oh, <laughs> just that's not breaking news. That. That's what I have learned from this story. But wait, though. Is it okay to be a vegetarian baby? I would imagine it is. Well, people disagree. Oh, the experts. Yes. Experts disagree on whether babies need to eat meat or not. All right. How about tofu? If you think babies need meat, then you're going to tell everybody babies need meat. Right. If you don't think they do, you're going to be like Taji Rose, and you're going to say, my baby doesn't need meat. Babies love hot dogs. I know that. (laughs) That's disgusting. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Northeast is experiencing extreme cold today with wind chills at minus 40 degrees in some places. Schools closing elsewhere. Correspondent Julie Walker takes the temperature in New York City. On this early morning in Brooklyn, it's about 18 degrees, but it feels even colder. And people here on the streets bundled up, telling me they're wearing two and three layers and still are not warm. Forecasters expect today to be the coldest day in the city since January 2019. But the deep freeze is forecast to ease a bit by tomorrow as highs climb back into the upper 30s and more so on Thursday. But then the weekend is expected to be a cold one, with temperatures dipping back down into the teens. In New York, I'm Julie Walker. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. 
and then it's night five and I'm sitting at the kitchen table and I look down at myself and I can't help but just laugh because there I am wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or U. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now and take the American Cancer Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now. Cancerscreenquiz.com. We'll see partly cloudy skies tonight with rising temperatures, low 19. Temperatures will rise, though, into the upper 20s. Not as cold tomorrow with times of clouds and sun. Tomorrow's high 40. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 30. Cloudy skies on tap for Thursday. Thursday will see a high of 38. Colder Friday with sunshine and patchy clouds, high 29. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Beautiful sunset out there right now. Just absolutely gorgeous, isn't it? It's one of the things about being up high, you know, in a little skyscraper. You get to see these gorgeous things. You go, I just love it so much. Anyway, um, when's the last time you flew? Did you fly? Have you flown during the yeah, pandemic? No, the last time I flew was uh, to Indonesia, which was oh, in my February 2020. It's the last time I was that on a plane. That is a long time. I flew in May of, of last year. To and, South Dakota. Yes. Um, I wonder about that often because, you know, I'm always like super anxious about, okay, what's in my bag? Am I going to, you know, is there anything there that's going to get flagged? Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. the TSA, could you imagine working for the TSA? No. How difficult that would be. All day long, one coconut after another. <laughs> try, try and, to you, get... and we've both been pulled over into rooms. Oh, yeah. In different cities. Right. Right. And had Innocently your, so. Exactly. And had your, Nothing. you know, no, I was, yeah. no, of course I wasn't like smuggling contraband, but when they say you need to come with us, you're like, oh, oh. here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, the TSA uh, has uh, every year because they need a little bit of levity. They announce, they pr- produce sort of like a year end list of these are the things that we discovered in people's bags. And it's never, <laughs> you can imagine this year, a record number of handguns were flagged. Of course, right. Going through. I mean, you see For that all, all the time. For all these people who are like, never heard that you can't take a handgun on an airplane. Or they just forget. I mean, how, how do you forget? That, I don't buy that for us. Who forgets a handgun? But I think people do. Okay, I, know, well I think then, it's an honest then mistake. I'm sorry. We're revoking your handgun. Okay. If you forgot you have it. Okay. Well, this small list. Well, well, uh, handguns, nothing. This is the top of the list. Somebody went through. The TSA line. Mm-hmm. 
in their carry-on? A chainsaw. <laughs> a chainsaw. Somebody else? Wait, is there any like justification of why? No, there's no. They didn't go in. No there. reporting they on listen, why they, that. This per- is what we thought. Why is that what person thought that was an okay thing? This to is do. what we saw. All right, a chainsaw. Somebody had. <laughs> I don't know how the bag itself. A four foot long machete in their carry on luggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people had um, a, a a butcher knife. Yeah. You know, like a big, big chopping thing. Yeah. In their carry on. Mm-hmm. Um, live birds in their carry-on. Mm-hmm. Now, how's the bird gonna fare? I don't know. The people like like people making a you know case. I need to bring this bird through, right? Remember uh, the peacock? Oh, the peacock because that was the security animal, right? right. Um, four thousand four hundred twenty-three firearms were found, a rate of five per million. That was in twenty nineteen. Uh, last year, there were um eleven guns for every one million passengers. Oh my screened. gosh. Right, uh, you can anything. Hams were uh, also grabbed. Um, ha- like the ham that you would eat, mm-hmm. you're like you put a ham in your luggage. But I mean, you would imagine. I mean, how can a ham be d- dangerous? Why would the fly- I don't know. But my the, my larger question yeah. is, why would you think that you should take that on an airplane? Right. Um, this is this is my favorite. A burrito filled with crystal meth. I mean, what is that all about? Oh, a burrito filled. Yeah, uh-huh. that is great. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so when you were pulled aside by TSA, yeah, um, do you remember what you were pulled aside for? Um, yeah, I had a um, I had a Lego set. It was you know, a Lego set. Like a, I was bringing back toys for my kids. Oh, okay, yeah, that I bought. You know, like hey, I'll bring you something. And so I bought it. And the weird thing was. Like I, I bought it like at a, I bought it like at a connecting airport. Mm-hmm. It wasn't though I, you know, bought it like in Guatemala and brought it into the country. Right, right. I, like I flew into like Miami and then flew into, you know, had to make another. Oh, so you see, so you had already gone through TSA, right? And they saw the Lego set, and I don't know what the heck that was all about. But they, you know, they were like, "So what is it? It's a Lego set. What do you mean you don't have kids?" Mm-hmm. So th- th- was was unusual. Was not unusual. Right. Was it something unusual for you? Uh well, two things. One was funny. I thought it was funny. It was just. I mean, not hilarious, but but humorous. The first one was a uh, a candle snuffer. Oh, I was on oh, a okay. trip, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was long and thin, and they said it looked uh, like a weapon. Was it metal? It was, it was metal. metal. Yeah, of course. Looked like a weapon. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time. But the second time, I was leaving Pittsburgh. It was actually when I was going on my trip to Indonesia, and uh, they pulled me aside. And the woman, the TSA agent, was in training, and her supervisor was there. And the supervisor said to her, "The reason we're we're pulling this one aside is because it's way too heavy." For the size. Mm, and okay. I thought, well, that's really interesting. And I had jammed a lot of things in there because I was going carry on only for, you know, right. almost two weeks. But anyway, so we went over into the room and the woman's unpacking all my stuff. And I pack in packing cubes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it was, it's all very organized, whatever. Anyway, she, she, gets to the, she gets to the end and she says, oh. And I knew what she was. I knew. She said, uh, it, it, she looks at her supervisor. It's just a lot of nuts. <laughs> Okay. I didn't know what kind of food I was going to have. No. And you know what I mean? I didn't know if I was going to oh, be that was sick. Your, I was so, you'd make snacks. I, so I just snacks. took a lot yeah. of of nuts. Mm. And so that's what they pulled me over for. And so the guy was like, oh, what's not what we expect. No big deal. The first so. time I was flagged, uh, and this, they, they should have, I was happy they did due diligence. I used to take, every time I went overseas for the kids, I used to take kazoos. 
Oh, yeah, which I think is a really fun idea. Yeah, because everybody can play kazoo. So it used to be... When you know, you're with kids who don't speak the same language that you speak, it's hard to, to know how to converse with them and how to communicate. And right. so something like a kazoo is like a really great... And, connector. And, right, connector. The problem is, though, the here's me like Mr. Kazoo. Like, you know, early on... I, I took the first ship I ever took overseas. I took 500 metal kazoos <gasps> to Bolivia. And I had a duffel bag, like an army, like a green and army duffel bag. And it was filled with kazoos? That's hilarious. And, and I thought I was going to do a carry-on. And they were like, no, you cannot take 500 kazoos as a carry-on. So I had to check the kazoos. That's unfortunate. But then after that, you know, kazoos, the quality of kazoos have gone down, as you might imagine. And so now they're all plastic. And that doesn't flag anybody. They don't even care. So could you bring 500 plastic kazoos on? Yeah, but I just figured I'm not going to lug 500 kazoos to Guatemala. Did, did you give all 500 oh, away yeah, when you are in Bolivia? The yeah. problem with giving here's, – here's, I was super excited to give away the kazoos, but we could not find a common song. So I, I started playing yeah. like the happy birthday song. Sure. They looked at me like, what are you playing? And so I had to go through a translator yeah. for the, the guy to say, oh, here's a song that everybody in Bolivia would know, which, of course, I didn't know, but didn't matter. They all played, you know, the, the metal kazoos. Anyway. Which, I mean, a kazoo's fun to play whether you know yeah. what the song is or not. Of course. It's Still a ridiculous. good idea, John. Ridiculous. All right. When we come back, Dr. Carl Truman will join us. The question is, um, what do Harry Potter, Hamilton, and Parks and Rec have in common? Oh, that's a weird question. Yeah. Hamilton? Parks and Rec, Harry Potter. We'll talk about them next. 101.5 WORD. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. Seems like a pretty accurate description of the way many people live, doesn't it? Well, this week on Through the Bible, Dr. J. Vernon McGee warns us about the problem with this type of selfish existence and reminds us that we don't have to be anxious about anything if we trust in God. Through the Bible, this afternoon at 1230 on 101.5 WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That is WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. 
They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com promo code is WORD. You like Parks and Rec? I think it's probably my favorite sitcom. Really? I think so. Favorite sitcom of all time. I think so. Amy Poehler. Yeah. I really loved it. The Pit. Yeah. Andy Dwyer. Yeah. How can you beat him? Chris Dreger. How about Hamilton? Have you seen Hamilton? Uh, I have not seen Hamilton. I'm familiar with music. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Potter? Oh, my gosh. I read every Harry Potter book. I've seen the multiple. I, I absolutely love Harry mm-hmm. Potter. So you've run a file. Two out of three <laughs> of the things. I'm not in good shape. No. Carl Truman is back with us. Carl's a regular guest on our show. Carl is the, from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College, where he teaches courses on the history of religious thought. He is the author of the new book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Culture Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Carl, welcome back. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. So, Carl, you write in your latest article for First Things uh, that Constance Grady at Fox has noted how so much of pop culture of recent vintage has dated and declined in uh, the popular um, approval. Yeah, vernacular, the popular approval rating um, so very rapidly. Um, Hamilton, which came out in 2015, uh, now appears to, quote, glorify the slave owning and genocidal founding fathers while erasing the lives and legacies of the people of color who were actually alive in the revolutionary era parks and rec the tv show that we talked about now considered quote an overrated and tunnel visioned portrait of the failures of obama era liberalism what? which is a lot Jeez. to really put on a sitcom it's a but funny okay show, that's all. and uh the harry potter franchise quote now the neoliberal fantasy of a transphobe mm. so that is um incredibly limiting when you look at those three uh pieces of work carl what does it tell us about the larger view that our culture takes I think what it indicates more than anything else is the speed at which what one might call the moral tastes of society are changing at the moment. That a comedy that was so popular just three, four years ago can be derided as already significantly antiquated. That speaks to how fast society is changing its mind or changing its tastes on on key issues. Yeah, and it's hard for me to keep up, Carl, because in your piece in First Things, The Strange Fate of Hamilton and Harry Potter, you also mention It's a Wonderful Life and, of all people, Dolly Parton. Oh, yes. Uh, The most amusing article I read over Christmas was the one warning us of the evils of It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) Uh, And it matched the, the article on how Dolly Parton was a function of white supremacism and racism, which I think I would regard as the single most self-important article I read in the entirety of last year. Holy smokes. So, Carl, what does it tell us? Um, You know, 
the first thing, it does give us a, a sense of whiplash that, you know, you kind of can fasten your cultural attention on something for a short period of time. And then someone kind of smacks your face because you, they tell you that there's you know, a reason why it's wrong. And then you have to reassess it and then think, well, maybe, you know, is that canceled? Should I, you know, weigh in on that? Should I not weigh in on it? Should I tweet about it? Um, I know, Carl, you're not tempted in the world of tweeting. Um, I, I know that you eschew social media uh, all the time. However, you weigh in all the time on cultural issues. So how do you look at this? What do you what do you talk to students about when they're trying to assess, you know, how things come and go so fast? Well, I think the first thing to, I'd want to point to is the speed of change is actually a cruelty because it really means that 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 anybody today is going to be judged by moral criteria which they cannot possibly conceive of at this particular point in time. So if I was talking to students about this, I'd be trying to make the point that, you know, we need to be charitable about the past in order that the future will one day be charitable uh, about us. Secondly, it, it does make me, you know, just as a pure, purely pragmatic advice for students uh, heading towards the, the job marketplace, be very careful about what you say on social media because something that is entirely unexceptionable, unacceptable today could come back to haunt you in three or four years' time. Uh, I've provided so much evidence uh, over the last few years. I'm totally unemployable outside of Grove City College, <laughs> so I have nothing to lose. But if you're a 21-year-old, 22-year-old entering the job market, you need to be very careful, I think, at this point. But, Carl, it's hard to be charitable about the past, right? Because clearly we do see, you know, a man at his worst, whether it is, you know, slavery or genocide or, you know, you name the list of atrocities that we as human beings have perpetrated on each other. It's hard to be charitable. We see it. You have to call it for what it is. Yeah, it's hard to be charitable about the, the outrages and the sin and, and, and the evils that have been perpetrated. But the past is not unmitigated evil. Uh, the past has produced things of great beauty. Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, for example. Now, somebody might turn around and say, ah, yes, but Beethoven's Ninth Symphony was built on the back of exploitation, etc., etc. Well, that's much the same for our culture today. If you use a cell phone, you're probably using uh, a piece of equipment some of which originated in Chinese slave labor uh, in the People's Republic of China. So I think uh, one of the things we can do is remember that our hands are not so clean and also that the past is not unmitigated evil. Yes, there was slavery, but there were also abolitionists. There were great acts of cruelty, but there were also great acts of kindness. There were acts of cultural destruction. There were great acts of cultural creation as well. Yeah, so then I guess for those who uh, make their uh, time policing the uh, the culture, society, past and present, I guess the question is, is there nothing that is good and true and pure? Well, uh, listening to some people, you would, you would think not. I mean, when you get to the level of Dolly Parton being presented as a sort of uh, function of a racist, systemically racist evil system, I think at that point you, you're dealing with people for whom everything comes down to a kind of moral zero-sum game. If somebody's doing well, it is predicated on somebody else being persecuted or being harmed in some way. And you simply can't, I ultimately think you cannot have a conversation with somebody who sees the world that way. Yes. Carl, I think maybe one of the um, 
deeper considerations that keeps coming to my mind is how these ideas are arrived upon or how the moral judgments have been decided. And that's what makes the culture oftentimes scary to enter into. Um, And I say that as someone who's in media. And so it's just always at the forefront of my mind. And I'm sure it's at the forefront of John's also that we're always on the verge of saying the wrong thing. Someone's coming for us. Someone's coming for us. I mean, we've said said that every every day for years, Carl, because it's the truth. It's just regardless of what year it is, a different group is coming for you. But someone is always kind of angry about what you are or what you're saying. And so talk about the things that are the, the building blocks that culture is using to make these moral determinations. Well, I think we can, we can see the uniqueness or, or the problems of the present by thinking about how things were done in the past. Typically in the past, let's say in the Middle Ages or even in Enlightenment Europe, there was an assumption that morality and ethics had some sort of objective basis, either in the will or the character of God or in the way the world is, the way the world is constituted. That's rejected today. Typically today what's driving ethical discussion is the suspicion that somebody is making claims to truth or making claims to the good or the beautiful as a way of manipulating somebody else. When you have that mindset, then every moral claim becomes unstable. Every moral claim is simply a bid for power and is to be overthrown. The problem, of course, is that then creates a a situation of perpetual change. Because as soon as one group has overthrown another group, hey presto, the oppressed are now the ones in power, and they're right for being overthrown as well. So we're living in a world now that has no stable objective basis for moral discussion, only this uh, nebulous idea of power and exploitation, which is continually changing the identities of the oppressor and the oppressed and creating precisely the sort of moral political game that that you've alluded to where the goalposts are always changing and nobody knows where they're going to be moving to next. Right. Which brings us to Christianity, right? Now, as Christians, we are used to being called out as Christians, as, you know, horrendous people. Let's, you know, we'll start just uh, with the Crusades, which is where people tend to start. Well, the Crusades were jammed down people and people were killing each other, yada, yada. And then, of course, missionaries, you know, uh, instilling their Christian values around the world. So uh, I guess it brings you back to Jesus. I'm surprised that cancel culture doesn't really try to take apart Jesus. There has to be something untoward or ugly or deceitful or heinous about Christ himself. Well, certainly if you look at what he says in the gospel, some of the harsh things he says about his opponents, the something he says about the poor, you know, for example, you know, the poor you should always have with you. That could easily be seen as a rather lackadaisical or passive approach to economic oppression. So it would be fairly easy, I think, to go and, uh, and find enough stuff to, to cancel Jesus over. I suspect, though, that he's useful as a, as a kind of stick to beat Christians with, that he can always be pulled out as the, the gold standard by which subsequent Christian behavior can be critiqued. And therefore, Jesus, at, at this point in time anyway, retains a certain uh, helpfulness as, uh, as a weapon to use against Christians. That's good. What does this mean, though, for people who um, are trying to follow Jesus now, who are also trying to be engaged in culture, not trying to withdraw, um, but trying to, you know, either speak into the culture or enjoy the culture um, or whatever it is, and yet at the same time, you know, trying to honor God through the process? Um, Do you have any advice, thoughts on that, Carl? 
I think to, one needs to do those things uh, in, in a very self-aware and self-critical kind of way. Uh, there's absolutely, we are citizens of, of two kingdoms. We're citizens of the kingdom of God, we're citizens of the kingdom of this earth. We are to seek the good of the city while we're here on earth because then everybody benefits when we seek the good of the city. But we need to do it critically. We need to make sure that sometimes those with, in, with whom we stand shoulder to shoulder in co-belligerent activities, we need to make sure the limits of our standing shoulder to shoulder with them. When we're critiquing something like uh, racism, for example, we need to make sure that our approach to racism is driven by biblical principles and not by principles, for example, of the kind of critical theory that I was pointing to earlier on, where everything is this zero-sum power game of exploitation. So I think self-awareness and self-criticism, uh, and, of course, sitting regularly under the preaching of the Word of God, that's how the Christian mind is formed, and that makes us sensitive and self-critical when it comes to these broader issues. Yes. So, there, Carl, there you are at Grove City College. Of course, you're speaking to young students about their career choices down the line. And, you know, you can imagine what that would be like. You know, here's someone like, you know, yourself, well-established in his career. What if, you know, a, a headhunter would come to you tomorrow and say, Carl, um, we're interested in you. We'd like you to be the spokesperson for Google. Uh, can you imagine the vetting process of what that would be like? I, I, I imagine... I imagine the vetting process would be such that that would never actually happen. Yes. Not simply because of what I've written, but because I know virtually nothing about technology. <laughs> but I do think for students, you know, there are some hills that one has to die on. There are some hills that you're going to find yourself on, and yeah, I've got to die on this hill. Twitter, Facebook, these kind of things that we do is, you know, in our spare time, those may not be the hills to die on. So I just say to young people, be careful about what you put out on your social media. I think the term is footprint or profile or whatever. Okay. Be careful. I think that's extremely good advice. I mean, look, we have, we have to deal with the hand we're dealt, right? And that's what it is. Carl Truman, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me on. Our great pleasure. That's Carl Truman. You can check out his latest book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Yes, and Carl also publishes regularly in First Things, which is a magazine we know and love. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We all know health care costs are through the roof. But having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. 
So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Equal opportunity is the cornerstone of the American dream. Being employed gives us the confidence to be financially independent. We feel useful and respected. But what if you were one of the 81% of adults with developmental differences who do not have a paid job? Join the SunTrust Foundation in supporting Autism Speaks, Best Buddies, and Special Olympics in creating pathways to 1 million employment and leadership opportunities for this talented community. Visit DeliveringJobs.org to learn more. We'll see partly cloudy skies tonight with rising temperatures, low 19. Temperatures will rise, though, into the upper 20s. Not as cold tomorrow with times of clouds and sun. Tomorrow's high 40. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 30. Cloudy skies on tap for Thursday. Thursday, we'll see a high of 38. Colder Friday with sunshine and patchy clouds, high 29. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. What makes sense? The microwave. A hundred percent. I use the microwave every day. Don't you? Use you? the microwave every day. Every day. Every day. You don't use the microwave? I use the microwave, John. But every- here's the thing. You know, I'm, I'm working on a new kitchen. Yeah. Just this morning, I was thinking... No microwave? I don't think I need that. Oh, you need a microwave. I don't You're think crazy. I need that. You're going to regret it. No, I don't do think not I need go that. there. Listen, everything that we're tempted to do in the microwave, mm, mm. it would be better yep. to do on another thing. Sure, yeah. It would be better to either do okay. it on the stovetop, nope. either in the oven, You're going to remodel or that kitchen. in that air fryer. You're going to spend a lot of money on a beautiful new kitchen. Six months after that kitchen's done, you're going to be running in the basement to use the microwave. I don't think. You will be. Because you think it makes sense. It makes 100% sense. Yes, the microwave. Hail the microwave. Right, what do you do in the microwave every day? Uh, first thing in the morning, I put water on uh, on the stovetop for for my coffee. Yeah. My wife wants to microwave her water for four minutes. We start the day in two separate water containers. And why is that? I don't know why. She's she likes to have it uh, a little you know Brita filter or not the Brita the little sort of drip filter. Yeah. I'm using a French press. Okay. I don't know why that is. Okay. And then. You know, from there, like like we made uh, you know pork and sauerkraut over the week, you know over the years. Yeah. I'm gonna microwave some you know to heat up the the. Uh, Why don't you just put that potatoes. in the saucepan on? The- 
because I don't have to. Because I've got a microwave that makes it quicker, easier, and But then and you have to fast. get the saran wrap and you have to put it over the top. And then it gets like messy and who, I hate saran wrap. And, You're out of your league. All right. I think it, I don't Pro think it, microwave. I, I think it doesn't make sense. All right. Does this make sense? Hmm. Knickknacks. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. First of all, the word itself. Hey, you want a knickknack? I don't want a knickknack. When we were growing up, we had like my mama in the living room had like a little knickknack shelf. Uh huh. That were like, I don't know, precious or something. Mostly what they are, you know, is dust catchers. Mm-hmm. Who wants a knickknack? I, I don't want a knickknack. No, you have pro, a knickknack? I'm pro knickknack. You're pro knickknack, and they make sense because it's just a little element of individuality in a room. Knick-knack. What are you just going to live in some stainless steel existence? Like you're like you know your living room is the same as the OR. What's your favorite knickknack? I just I have a knickknack in there. It says it's a stone. It says design on it. I got it. <laughs> my, one of my friends gave it to oh, me when I graduated from art school. Design. Listen, I look at it every day and I think, no, it design. reminds me of design. It reminds me of design Desi- of in the it universe. Does, it says the design, design the, outside my window. The design of this iPad I'm using. <laughs> I'm that's, just, that's like says believe. No. Believe what? No. Design what? A uh, knickknack. Listen, I didn't. I was trying to be vulnerable in bringing it up, but now I regret it. Doesn't make sense. One hundred one point five W O R D. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Do you have a holy boldness in your faith? Arrogance, presumption. This is not boldness. What is boldness? Boldness is having the courage to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ in the face of opposition. Join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, Living Supernaturally, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Meg Robbins here. And I'm David Robbins, president of Family Life, and most importantly, Meg's husband. And we would love for you to join us on Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise, February 6th through the 13th. It's seven nights away, just to focus on a stronger, more connected marriage on one of Royal Caribbean's largest and nicest ships, and we are going to be stopping at three beautiful ports. And the cruise is happening just before Valentine's Day, and I'm just saying, it's currently not too late to sign up, but the clock is ticking. It's really such a special time to get away and focus on just the two of us and enjoy solid teaching, great worship and entertainers, and most importantly, time together with my favorite person. Now, I'm looking forward to that, too. And hey, you can join us and save up to 60% with the code JOINUS when signing up at lovelikeyoumeanit.com. That's lovelikeyoumeanit.com. We hope to see you there. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop 
you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Our real goal at RPTS is to train people for ministry. Whether training to be a pastor or just wanting to grow in your walk with God, you'll find what you're looking for at RPTS. We want to see them really grounded in their theological growth. We want it to be heart-directed as well. We want to see students prepared to serve and to love the people of God and develop ministries that we think have a great partnership with the local church. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. Remember, um, dear Abby? I do, and her sister, uh, Ann Landers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for years, I mean, heck, decades, they had the corner on the advice column. And didn't you love to read it? I never read it. Oh, my God. I read it every day. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I think, you know, Dear Abby was like in the Post-Gazette and Ann Landers was in the um, Pittsburgh Press. So competing. They were sisters, right? They were sisters, okay. yeah. And they made a very lucrative career sure out did. of, you know, so the advice column. Now, you see advice columns everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, every I feel like everything is an advice column. Pretty much so, yeah. So I follow um, Carolyn Hacks. She's the advice columnist at the Washington Post. And... um I don't know how old Carolyn Hacks is, but, you know, uh, she has a very unique worldview. Okay. She's often, and she'll say this, she's often outraged, enraged. That's one of her favorite words. Anyway, this this caught my attention. Dear Carolyn, my little sister is in her late 20s. She's never been in a relationship. She seems content with her life, has a great job, interesting hobbies, travels when it's possible, owns her own home. Overall, she's doing better than many people her age, including most of our cousins. I don't know uh, or care how she is about her sexuality as long as she's happy. My family, though, is very pushy about her single status, and they're getting worse. She consistently gets harassed by some busybody aunt or uncle, but our parents are the worst. They desperately want her to get married and have children. The day she settled on her house, they ruined the mood by saying that she should have waited until she got married. My sister, God bless her, takes it all in stride. But as they get more insistent, she gets visibly uncomfortable. I ask her if she wants me to tell them to be quiet. She says no, probably because I tend to be extremely blunt, and she doesn't want me to cause a rift. The last thing I want is to make my sister more uncomfortable by telling the older people at our next family gathering to be quiet and mind their own business. But I really want to support her and make them stop. Any suggestions? Blunt. Mm. All right, so what does the advice columnist say? Dear Blunt. This is so infuriating to me. And I'm sorry that you ask her first about speaking up because it ties your hands more than the circumstances warrant. As a witness, it would be your prerogative entirely to note in the moment how self-absorbed these comments are, as if these relatives have the secret to life and need to impose it on everyone else. What is your, why is your definition of happiness the only one that is allowed here? Seriously, I am enraged on your sister's behalf. As I give it more thought, though, you still have some options even as you respect your sister's wishes. Go back to your parents. Revisit their claim that they only want her to be happy. Ask them how happy it makes people to have their parents harp on a huge part of their lives that they believe is deficient. Do not back down. It's more management of the middle than I typically advise. However, given the degree of overstepping that your family has done, it's actually in the realm of bullying. Again, let me say... I am enraged, which confers responsibility on bystanders that are not otherwise in force. Enraged. I feel like she needs to pipe down just a little. Carolyn? Yeah. Or the blunt? Carolyn. 
I, I, oh, appreci- I, appreci- I appreciate the fact that she has her advice that she's dispensing. However, don't take no for an answer is not the way to have any conversation with your parents. That's not the way to go into it. I am going to not take no for an answer in this conversation with mom and dad. Nope. Did your parents harp on your singleness? Mine did. Did they? No, they didn't. My mom did. But I was married really young. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah. I remember when I was 18. I mean, they harped on other things, believe me, but that wasn't it. Well, 16 is a little young to get married. No. I'll say that. Okay. It is I mean, a, I wasn't a child. Bride. It's worked fine, but I mean, 16, <laughs> holy smokes, cat. I mean, I remember being 18. My brother was six years older than me getting married. My mother elbows me and says, you're next. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? And truly, decades went by. <laughs> right. Decades. Sure. So I get that. I mean, you could see why you would be hacked off. Yeah. You're always, you know, right. the fingers being pointed at you. What's wrong with you? Especially, right. I, she seems happy. I, I'm not saying that I'm trying to defend the parents. I, I'm, the advice columnist has absolutely no investment in maintaining this family relationship. What's her job? She's offering advice. I Listen, I'm just saying I don't like what she's saying. She's enraged. I, I mean, if you disagree with your parents or your siblings you should talk about it for sure but going into it with this no hold bards i'm enraged and i'm not taking no for an answer it seems like it's a little too overblown so that's my point do you think that ann landers or dear abby would ever be enraged it's the age we no, live in. we live in the right. age it's of the, rage right it's it's the outrage also that we're angry addicted all to. the time right everyone's enraged christy i turn to you are you enraged Am I enraged? No. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. What do you think? First of all, what do you think about the circumstance? Back off. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Of course. Oh, it's like I'm speaking for Christy all the time. Like, like, yeah. Seriously. Like it's. We're all adults. Let let us make our life choices. Yeah. Okay. All right. How do you feel about her perspective on it? The the dear Abby lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's writing to just get reactions out of people. I think because we're talking about it, mm-hmm. right? Which is a lot of. Which is the majority of what we see online. Mm-hmm. What? The whole thing? So the whole is thing. Is that word? I'm just writing to get, to get a reaction. I guess. What's happened to common sense? I think that the social media uh, lifestyle that we're in is, a, an, is an amphetamine that we can't quit. I think whatever we say that gets a response gives us a certain high that we keep seeking out. We keep going back for it. And so whatever the issue is, it doesn't have to be the same issue, but as long as I'm getting some of that feedback, I need to keep going back and finding a way to get it. That's so sick. Would we not be better off? I mean, seriously, wouldn't we be better off if we just got rid of our phones? All of us as a society. We've just gotten progressively worse. John's moving to an Amish community. I'm just saying. (laughs) The ride home with Johnny Kathy is going to change a lot. It's so sick. Just put the phone down. Shut it off. Go away. We would be much healthier, Kath. Well, maybe we would, but is that something that's tenable in our current... Like, Can you imagine us doing our job without our phone? Well, you know, okay, so people who are not in media... And there will be a day when we are like, Okay, Christy, done. can you imagine yes. being without your phone? No. Okay. What? You can't be? No, ever? ever. What's the longest you've been without your phone? Have you ever shut it off and walked away for a week? Yes, for like mission trips. When you know, when I was in high school, we How weren't was allowed that? to take them. It was hard. And then you come back and you know. Well, it was high school. It was a decade yeah. ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's still a good like human practice. Can I be without something? Whether you're 16 or you're 86, can I be without the thing I think I need? Okay, so I went to I went on a you know a, a spiritual retreat, right? I went to and, and I was a, I was away from my phone. I got to be honest, for a week. For a week, when I came back and turned my phone on, I got like jittery mm. like anxious like over yeah. like i wanted to hurl yeah. it was too much yeah. all of a sudden there was this volume of emails and you know there was it was an avalanche of things that you had to read that you had to attend to that emotionally it it makes you ill yeah. we are ill yeah okay so i shared on the air yesterday that i had a problem uh technologically speaking, with uh, moving my TV to a new part of the house and not being able to access my cable. And of course, this happened when the Steeler game was beginning on Sunday. So I got very anxious very quickly. But it took me an hour and a half of, of waiting on hold before I could talk to somebody who could help me figure out what the issue was. But during that hour and a half, first of all, can they not pick five songs to cycle around? Why does it have to be the same 40 seconds on a loop? I thought I was going to lose my mind. It's it's a psychology. You're right. Okay. But so that was the first thing I was thinking. But the second thing I was thinking is there is a a recording that comes on while you're on hold saying, if you're tired of holding, you can go on. No. You can go online to blank, blank, blank dot com and you can go to the frequently asked questions section. And And so, so what the message is, is if you don't like how this is being handled, you can, you should handle it yourself. Go elsewhere. Go figure it out yourself. And that's the message that we get from every bank. If there's a problem on our credit card, it's your problem to figure it out. No one from the credit card company is going to figure it out for you. If, you know, a, a gas company sends you the wrong bill and you're like, why is my bill twice as much as it was before? It's your job to figure out what happened. It's not their job to figure out what happened. So the whole thing, all of the responsibility for life has been shifted to the individual over the last, I would say, two decades. I get that. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about a, a different thing here. And I believe that, you know, we are, we have been scammed by, by technology. Yeah, because we have the, what I'm saying is we have the phone and we think that that's a good thing. Like Christy said, I can't be without it. I couldn't be without it either. But with it has come exactly what happened to me on Sunday, which is that everything has become our problem. Yeah, but don't you believe that the healthiest among us do not use their phones? I don't know anybody that doesn't use their phone. I seriously don't know a person in my life. Your husband late to the game. My husband doesn't use his phone a fraction of how much I use my exactly. phone. But he does use a phone. I mean, I still have friends who have flip phones. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, That's now, like but, now they're, but now they're really cool and cutting edge. Yeah, but you know what I mean? If you've got a flip phone, you're not jumping online, right? So you're away from that. I'm just saying that at some point we have reached the rage saturation. I mean, maybe we haven't. Maybe it's just me. That at some point society has to make an adjustment, a reckoning that we have to, you know, have a come to Jesus moment where we see ourselves as insane as we are. And clearly this thing in my hand has been part of the engine that drives this insanity. Mm -hmm. So how do you make the adjustment? I mean, and I'm just going to, you know, you know, that's what's the song. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me not using my phone. Right? I mean, it's a newer version. It's my new. The, the lyrics you have to look up and find them. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Online. 
Yeah. The responsibility is ours to do as we choose. You're right. No one's making you use, your, saying, this, use your phone all those hours It's not a day. great font of wisdom here. No, this no is just one, some self-control and right. some discipline. Well, you know what? There are a lot of – I read a, a good book uh, last year by Justin Early on things like this, how to develop new, pra- new life practices for how to manage the digital world. It was really helpful. It was really helpful. There were, you know, a couple things that you have to practice. It's like an, you have to step into his recommendation and do it while you're reading the book to see what you think of it. And then, of course, you decide at the end whether it's going to stick or not. Jimmy, you know, text me that link later. Yeah, yeah. So just, just things like, you know, just like that's funny. I get it. <laughs> but things like, you know, get up in the morning, you read the scripture before your phone. Yeah. You know, just a priority. Of course. You, you, you pray three times a day. Set, you know, do you set your phone? Whatever you do it, but right. you set, you, you pray three times a day. And it just kind of shocks you into making something other than the digital world your priority. Right. And no one eyeball dead scrolling at 4 a.m. And when and you're in bed, you. you don't go down and turn on the football game. Oh, I had When to. it's oh, over. No, I was glad I did. No, that. I actually admire you. I, I think glad. my choice was much worse. No, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. You did the right thing. Because you missed out on something. You, really you did the right thing. Anyway, all right. I, I just I think about this often, and I just know that we you know we've lost our mind. And uh, as a believer, we should be on the front lines of this, right? Yeah, but we're just we as susceptible be. to it as I'm anyone else. I'm just a train wreck like everybody else. But I just see it in me and go, I don't like this about myself. This is not healthy. This is not good. There has to be something better than this. The book is called, if anyone's wondering, the Common Rule. By Justin Early, E A R L E Y. All right. Anyway, we'll take a break, come back, and uh, we get a smidge ahead, do we not? We sure do. What's Coming up next, Pittsburgh's seven best spots for Putin. Putin? Yeah, bring it. You just throw your gravy on your fries and you're going to love life. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you were searching for at 1 15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Yakupin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no copayments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, copays, and other cost sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. Is something missing in your life? There might just be an empty space that only Jesus Christ can fill. Join us for what God is doing at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. By the way, getting here for Sunday worship at 1045 isn't so hard. Parking is available at the Mellon Square Garage or the garages on Oliver Avenue behind the church. Come for worship, then stay and get to know downtown. God has blessed us to bless this great city. You know what you could do? 
You could put in a massive swimming pool in your basement. And fill it with Skittles. Ah, oh, Skittles. And there'd be a big light-up slide. And you could slide headfirst into Skittle heaven. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash-out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a Skittle Paradise could also be cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Now, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. I'm hungry. Are you not hungry? Now I am. Super hungry. You read about food and it activates something in your head, doesn't it? We saw something at uh, nextpittsburgh.com. Pittsburgh's seven best spots for poutine. Poutine. To celebrate our French fry love. Oh, my Okay, so describe what poutine is. Okay, so I never had heard of poutine until I went to Canada. My husband's family's from Canada. And poutine is uh, French fries with cheese curds. Uh, The cheese curds are on top of the fries, and then there's gravy, which is poured over. And it doesn't, you think, that sounds disgusting. No. And it might sound disgusting, but I'm telling you, it is magically delicious. Yeah. So the next Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Seven Best Spots, they do list these beautiful things. And they and, and they have color photographs that go along and the, with it. And the photographs are absolutely killing us. So the foundry, the foundry table and tap on the North Shore Drive, uh, it looks fabulous. I do not know the foundry at all. I don't either. And so this is not fries. These are like wedges, like mm. it looks like russet potato wedges. And then you've got the cheese curd on top. You've got the gravy. And then it has a fried egg on top. Yeah. The, the which... dish is prepared in a cast iron pan oh with layers gosh. of crispy fries, sausage gravy, and melted cheese curds. That is too much. That stretch mm. out with a tug of your fork. Hunks of sausage raise the flavor level, mm, along with bits of spicy red pepper. Dang, that's fabulous. Oh, my gosh. Then they, rem- they recommend Cinderland's Warehouse, which is a 2601 Smallman in the Strip. Is that Spaghetti I- Warehouse? I haven't. Oh. It might be. It might be where this. That's what it makes could you be. think of it. Yeah, yeah. The warehouse. Remember Spaghetti Warehouse? <laughs> I I loved going. There. Oh my gosh! That was always a family fun out. It it was, but by the end, that was not good food. The spaghetti wasn't that. good. No, not no, no. Which is a shame because that was the title. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Cinderland's Warehouse is recommended here. That also looks very good. Now the cheese curds they look much bigger. See those in that photograph, John. Very um, nice. Uh, then it talks about St. Clair Social Club, which is in Friendship on St. Clair Street. I'm also not familiar with this place. Neither am I. Um, so it's like a um, – St. Clair Street. It's like a bowl of fr- – it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looks elegant even. Yeah. And then, of course, the one at Park Bruges, uh, which has hot peppers with it. I bet you'd love that, right? Happy to have that. Seriously. I, I read this – I. It, here it is at like, you know, close to six o'clock. I'm ready to drive there right now. 
like drive there as soon as the show's over. Right, just like leave your family behind. Yeah, I get to go. Where are you? Oh, I'm out. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll bring you something back. So at Park <laughs> Bruges, they say they cook the fries twice to achieve a special level of crispness. Oh, please. Uh-huh. Like, don't you cook can, the fries. You can go with classic or you can opt for the short rib poutine. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because the rich flavor of the tender beef yeah. holds up well against chewy melted cheese curds, stock gravy, and a handful of hot pickled peppers. God, that's not Wendy's, I'll uh, tell you that. Hey, also Scratch and Company on Troy Hill, which I've been to, which is a terrific place. This one looks a little bit more traditional, like what I what I had a lot when I was in Ontario. This is the dish that hockey players eat, right? I mean, it came over because of Canadian hockey. Right, well... As they've burned 10,000 calories yeah. in practice. Hey, let's go Pens. Let's go. Will Malcolm play tonight? Say yes, he will. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.